Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, January the 26th, 2024. It is currently 1143 a.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, all I can do is ask of you to try to remain calm, try to be patient, and try to let me say everything I need to say. Try your best to hear me out before you jump to a conclusion, before you start yelling and screaming and condemning and sending me a long email telling me how wrong I am, before you send me that email telling me you're never going to listen to me again. All I ask is that you will at least hear me this one last time. I know that what I'm about to say is going to be extremely unpopular. I know what I'm going to say is going to be extremely controversial, even though I don't believe it should be. Even though I believe that what I'm going to try to lay out is biblical, it is logical, it is rational, it is thoughtful. I know the majority of Christianity is going to disagree with me strongly, and that's okay. I know that this will and in I know that this uh, episode will in no way shape or form help me, right? It's not going to lead me to getting more listens, more downloads, more streams, more subscribers, more followers, more supporters. No, it's going to hit it's going to it's going to it's going to only lead to less people listening, less people downloading, less people streaming, less people supporting. It's only going to hurt more than it's going to help. But you know what? You can't turn on the microphone worried about that type of thing. Sometimes you have to turn on the microphone and talk about what needs to be spoken of, even if it's going to make people very upset. Sometimes there needs to be a program out there that may say things that goes contrary to the group think. It goes contrary to the majority opinion because sometimes the majority opinion, I'm sorry, is desperately wrong. So I'm going to take the minority opinion. I'm going to take very much the minority of the minority of the minority opinion. I've seen programs called the minority report and really it's like, no, it's, it's, you're not the minority report. You're going along with, you're going along with a very large number of people. I'm going to be, I'm going to be taking the very much the minority report. I'm going to be, uh, of the minority of the minority. And I know many of you are going to be greatly bothered by my perspective on this. And I apologize, but I just ask that you listen to me carefully. Now, there is a very well-known preacher. His program airs on thousands of radio stations, or at least over a thousand, maybe not thousands, over a thousand radio stations. His podcast is very well-known, very much downloaded. Sermons have helped people all over the world. Very well-respected Bible teacher. He has, uh, I think there is books he has put out. He has written the Ford for many books. Very well-known, and you probably know him, Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg. Very good Bible teacher. Whether you agree or disagree with all of his theology, he is a very good Bible teacher. Very good. Very, very well-respected. I would tell anyone to listen to his sermons, right? Very well-respected. Alistair Begg. He's been around for, it feels like 
most of my adult life, he's been somewhere. I either would pick up a book and he wrote the forward to the book or, or something. He, he, he would show up over and over and over, turn on Christian radio. There's an Alistair Begg sermon, uh, looking for a Christian podcast. There's Alistair Begg. Just he's, he's all over the place. Never, never really involved in any controversy. Just Alistair Begg. He's just kind of there, right? He's not, 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 nothing sensational, nothing controversial. Just, you know, teaching the Bible. Teaching the Bible, teaching the Bible. Well, as we've entered into 2024, Alistair Begg has found himself in the midst of controversy, and I have received a number of emails from people asking me about it, and I've just tried to take the, I'm just going to kind of avoid it. I'm not going to really talk about it. I'm just going to kind of move on with my own life. I got my own problem, my own issues. I, you know, I, I got things I'm working on. I, I'm, is this a controversy that, that, I mean, why is everyone getting so upset about this? I just kind of like, kind of, well, okay, whatever, and just kind of moved on. Until today, Friday, January the 26th, 2024. Now, I can't just avoid it. Now, I can't just shrug my shoulders and say, well, I've got my own issues. Now, I feel compelled, even though I don't want to, to turn on this microphone and say, we've got to talk to, talk about the Alistair Begg controversy. We have to. Because now, I believe it's reached a level of complete and utter ridiculous. It's become utterly ridiculous. It's, it's, it's utterly in, entered into the world of absurdity and that I think it's utterly foolish the way many Christians are acting and what they are doing here. I don't understand the Christian world sometimes. The, the Christian world is perplexing and confusing. We, we love on one hand, we take these strong stands and we condemn and we condemn and we condemn. In many cases, we're so inconsistent in our condemnation. We're so quick to want to, to condemn and we're so quick to want to remove and silence and, and, and put someone down. Today, Alistair Begg is being removed from Christian radio stations across the United States of America. And he's being removed from Christian radio stations simply because he answered a question and people did not like how he answered the question. He answered a question that did not go along with groupthink. He answered a question in a way that made people mad. So now, guess what? He has to be removed from Christian radio. Here's the story. If you don't know the Alistair Begg controversy, you're about to get filled in. And I know many of you are very much against Alistair Begg. I know many of you are very upset with him. And you're going to be very upset with me because I'm probably not going to agree with you. This is from the ChristianPost.com. Headline. Christian Radio Network drops Alistair Begg after advice on attending same-sex weddings. Alistair Begg was asked a question about attending a same-sex wedding. And he said, you should go. You should probably go. You should go. 
Now he's going to, uh, well, we'll read a, a little bit about his reasoning about why you should go or why this person, it was okay for this person to go. But he simply said, you can go. It's okay that you go. And everyone else is like, absolutely not. You should not go. That's it. You're done. You're canceled. The end of Alistair Begg. He's now woke. He's now liberal. He's now leftist. He now needs to be silenced and he needs to be removed from Christian radio and nobody should listen to his preaching because he, how dare he say someone should attend a same sex wedding. Now, I find it somewhat fascinating the way the church sometimes handles these issues, and I'm going to mention this a number of times. But let me just go ahead and lay down a kind of a foundation for how I'm going to approach this story and this controversy, and it's going to make a lot of you very upset, but that's okay. In any issue of morality, in any issue where you're going to say, this is the rule, whenever you establish a rule, whenever you establish a, a system of morality, before one of the things you have to do, this is something you have to do as an individual, you have to say, okay, if I say this is wrong, now I need to take it to its logical conclusion, well, then I have to say this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. If I say this is right, then I have to say this is right, this is right, this is right, this is right. You have to think it through. Sometimes Christians just react to one specific instance and they don't think of, of the logical ramifications of their perspective. Let me give you an example. We want prayer in the public school. We want prayer in the public school. We want each day in the public school to begin in prayer. And so, okay, there, there's your morality. There is your, your view. Great. Now take it to its logical conclusion. Okay. If you want prayer to start the day in every public school, whose prayer? Mormon? Jehovah's Witness? Satanist? Muslim? Hindu? Jewish? Catholic? Greek Orthodox? No, 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 no. It has to be the prayer that I, oh, wait, no, wait. The minute you say you want prayer in the school, then you have to open it up for all prayer, right? We want this nativity scene put inside the, the courthouse or, or the Capitol building. Okay, well then what if uh, another religion wants to put up their display? No, no, their display can't. Now we say, no, wait a minute. Once you establish a certain kind of morality, you have to take it to its logical conclusion. No, if you want to set up a moral standard for whose wedding you will or will not attend, hey, I'm not only going to attend weddings that meet the strict biblical definition of what a marriage should and shouldn't be. Okay, so let me just throw out some examples. What if someone, they've been living together for two years, they've been living together, engaged in, you know, premarital sex, and now they're going to get married. Is, is that okay? Are you supporting the fact that they've been living together and sleeping together for two years? Is, is that acceptable? Oh, wait, here's a big one. What if they were married, they got divorced, and now they're getting remarried? Wait, they're entering into an adulterous relationship. And even if you say, well, divorce is allowed for certain things. What if it doesn't meet that requirement? Are you going to attend their wedding? Because now you're supporting an adulterous wedding. 
Oh, 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 you're not going to think about that. You're not going to think about that. How, how many people are sitting in your church right now who were married, divorced, and remarried? Are, are, is there remarriage now considered an adulterous relationship according to the Bible? Are you going to support? See, it's, it's, it's one thing we have this, we have a standard. Oh, I'm not going to go because that's not a real marriage. Well, wait a minute. What about all the other situations? Now, whenever I point these things out, Christians get really mad and they get really defensive and they don't want me to say these things. No, you just want me to just kick other people. You just want me to condemn other. So you want me to condemn the people and the sin that doesn't come close to touching you. But if I turn the the spotlight onto you and if I turn the spotlight onto me, you know what happens? My own sin is revealed and your sin is revealed. We just like the spotlight to be on other people. Those pathetic, no good, LGBTQ, same-sex wedding. They're disgusting. They're perverts. Let's condemn them. Yeah, where we can all feel morally superior and our heterosexual sexuality and our own sin in that area. Oh, see, now people don't like when I say that. So my found, my foundational is like, okay, if you're going to be against same-sex marriages, then you need to then have a biblical morality to every wedding, and you only go to weddings that meet a very strict, 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 strict definition and rule. And then now, now the question is, so you're only going to then go to weddings of Christians whose marriages meet biblical requirements. That's the only wedding you're going to go to. You're not, you're never going to go to a wedding for a lost person ever, ever under any circumstances. No, no, is, or how, how are you going to, to, to work this? Well, let's see what happens. And I'm going to return back to that basic foundational perspective in a minute. So here's the headline again. Christian Radio Network drops Alistair Begg after advice on attending same-sex weddings. A conservative Christian radio ministry has dropped Pastor Alistair Begg from its programming lineup after he suggested Christians could attend same-sex weddings to build bridges with the culture at large. Begg, 71, serves as senior pastor at Parkside Church in Cleveland, along with his radio ministry, Truth for Life, carried by nearly 1,800 radio stations nationwide. Now, remember, 1,800 radio stations, many of those radio stations are all part of a network. So if networks start dropping him, one network could, could represent 300 stations. One network could represent 400 stations. You get three or four networks to drop him. Well, then guess what? <laughs> That's probably the end of his radio ministry. And one has... Now, here we go. This controversy stems from recently resurfaced comments Begg made in a podcast for Truth For Life in September in which Begg discussed his new book, The Christian Manifesto. As part of the podcast, Begg touched on a specific question. He said a grandmother asked him about about her grandson, who she said was about to be married to a transgender person and whether she should attend the wedding. We filled questions all the time that go along the lines of, my grandson is about to be married to a transgender person, and I don't know what to do about this. And I'm calling to ask you to tell me what to do, which is a huge responsibility, Begg said. Now, let me stop right here. I always find it interesting that if you have a, 
that if you – many of these big radio ministries or Christian ministries, people will email them asking them questions. Sometimes you want to know, why are you not asking your church? Why are you not asking your local congregation? Why are you not asking your pastor? Why are you asking that? But I, I get questions as well. So you just, you take it as a privilege that people would ask you, but when you answer questions – it's amazing sometimes. So now I'm a little gun shy. Sometimes when people ask a question, I'm sometimes like, okay, hopefully they want the answer. Now, in this particular case, this person I don't think was upset with him, but obviously because he answered the question, other people don't like it. And it's really weird when other people tell you how you should and shouldn't answer questions. But all right, let, let, let's see what happens here. So he, he says, and in a conversation, he goes on to say, um, and in a conversation like that just a few days ago, people may not like this answer, but I asked the grandmother, does your grandson understand your belief in Jesus? Yes. Does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that your countenance, uh, that you can't uh, count, uh, countenance in any affirming way uh, the choices that he has made in life? Yes. So basically, what Alistair Begg is asking is, hey, does your grandson know what you believe? Yeah. Does your grandson know that your beliefs are contradict and cannot go affirm what they are doing? Yes. All right. So you've made it clear they know that they know all this. So he asked for clar- clarification. He asked some of these clarifying questions. I said, well, then, okay, as long as he knows that, then I suge- suggest that you do go to the ceremony and I suggest that you buy them a gift. Now, somehow this is controversial. I don't, I have no idea why this is even slightly controversial. Okay, wait, so let me just, so you're asking me, should you go to this wedding? Well, ask, let me ask you a few questions. Do they know you're a believer in Jesus? Yes. Do they know your belief in Jesus means that they know that you cannot 100% affirm or agree with what they're doing? Yes. Okay. Well, then you should go and buy them a gift. What, what you, they already know. What more can you do? By not going, what are you going to demonstrate? They already know. Now, to me, that sounds like that the person that's getting married doesn't, has no claim to Christianity, not making any, any connection to Christianity. They know you are a Christian and you, because you're a Christian, you disagree with what they're doing, but they're still asking you to be a part of it. Not in an affirmation, but to, to celebrate what they're doing. They're not Christians. Are we only to go to things that other Christians, are we to avoid anything with the world? Hey, hey, nope, I'm sorry, can't go that because you're not Christians and you do this and you think this and you do 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 this. I can only be around people who do things in a Christian way who are Christians. That is never taught in the Bible to only go around Christians and be around Christians. No, the Bible never in any way indicates that way of thinking. In fact, it, it indicates a completely opposite way of thinking, which we will consider in a second. So Alistair Begg, he doesn't just say, sure, go. He asks some questions. Hey, wait, do they know you're a Christian? Yes. Do they know because you're a Christian that you cannot, what's the exact words? Um, does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that you can't, you know, in any affirming way, go along with what he is doing? Yes. So then he says, go ahead, then go and buy him a gift. Begg went on to explain that Christians not attending such a ceremony could reinforce judgmental stereotypes the culture holds about the church. I said, well, there's this, where's, well, 
I said, I'm quoting, well, here's the thing. You love your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce the fact that the uh, the the fact that they said these people are what I always thought: judgmental, critical, unprepared uh, to it for anything. And and it's a fine line, isn't it? It really is. And people need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But I think we're going to take that risk. We're going to have to take that risk a lot more if we want to build bridges and the hearts and lives of those who don't understand Jesus and don't understand that he is king. I mean, how is that controversial? Hey, if you don't go, what are you what are you accomplishing? In their minds, you're just reinforcing that you're judgmental, condemning, and unloving, and that you don't care about anybody. And, and it, but at the same time, if you do go, you don't want to give a complete appearance that you're agreeing with everything. How do you find that fine line? He even acknowledges it's a fine line. He even acknowledges you have to kind of work it out, your, your own salvation with fear and trembling. He acknowledges the possible complexities that this could present. But yet, no, 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 no. There's no, there's no there's no place in Christianity for, you know, nuance. There's no place in Christianity for embracing the difficulty a situation may present itself. No, 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 no. Because in Christianity, we can't ever be like that. We can't ever think things through. Now, while the podcast first aired in September, Begg's comments recently resurfaced on social media and brought scrutiny on the longtime pastor. Within days, American Family Radio the radio ministry of the American Family Association announced its decision to no longer air Truth For Life after more than a decade. American Family Radio has dropped Alistair Begg. American Family Radio, the very radio network that on any given day between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. sounds like a.m. talk radio. It's all Republican, conservative, Trump, 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 vote Republican, uh, their host calling Democrats these little derogatory, dehumanizing names, the very network that pushed forth the lie that the election was stolen, the very network that tried to play down January the 6th, the very network that allowed people to share lies and and conspiracy theories, that very radio network is going to get rid of Alistair Begg because of a question he answered in September of last year on a podcast about, well, hey, you're asking me, should you go to this wedding? Well, let me, let me offer some, let me ask some clarifying things. Do they know you're a Christian? Yes. Do they know your Christianity can allow you to affirm completely what they're doing? Yes. Okay. Well, Go and buy them a gift. They already know what you think. So by not going, all you're going to do is, in their minds, make you're going to look like just being judgmental, condemning, and being bigoted. You're not going to accomplish anything. And by going, maybe you'll shock them a little bit. Maybe maybe you'll they will see that you do love them. Even you may love them, even though you don't necessarily agree with their actions. Can't you love people even though you disagree with their actions? Can't you love your enemy like you're told to do? Can't you love the sinner like we're called to do? Doesn't mean you agree necessarily with all the actions. So American Family Radio 
they posted, I guess, their, their reasoning. American Family Radio has aired Pastor Alistair Begg's Bible teaching for over a decade. Recently, it came to our attention that Alistair Begg, uh, that Pastor Begg made statements that were unbiblical and fell to line up with decades of faithful adherence to scripture that listeners have come to expect from him. In essence, when the question was asked of him whether or not a family member should attend an unbiblical wedding ceremony between two homosexuals, homosexuals Pastor Begg counseled a Christian to see if I can get the whole statement here. It's on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. All right, here we go. Uh, hey, uh, to attend and take a gift. At American Family Association, we believe uh, to be an act of unfaithfulness to God to attend a ceremony that celebrates any union outside of the biblical model of marriage as being between one man and one woman. Okay, well then, are you going to say you should never attend a wedding of someone who's been married, divorced, and getting remarried? I mean, come on, if we're going to be consistent, right? Members uh, uh, of our leadership team has call, held a call with Alistair Begg's team and were unsuccessful in convincing them of his error. As a result of this, we will no longer air Pastor, uh, Pastor Alistair Begg's Truth for Life program. Well, I wonder if they called all the people who told all of the lies about the election, I wonder if you've talked to the people on your pro on your network that sits there and is derogatory and calls uh, dehumanizing and these little names to people you don't like because uh, uh, because they're Democrats. Oh no, probably not. Probably not. Probably not because you don't really care about any of that. I I, I get how the game is played. Um, now, despite their announcement, a- AFR remained a- listed as a partner on the Truth For Life website as of Thursday. Uh, AFR did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Uh, the story will be updated of responses received. In 2022, while teaching from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans, Begg tackled the question of same-sex marriage. During his first two-part sermon series on homosexuality entitled God Gave Them Up, Begg argued against the notion of same-sex marriage as compatible with Scripture. It's not an alternative lifestyle, he said at the time. It's an unnatural decision. It is an expression of rebellion against God. So see, he preaches against same-sex marriage. But hey, that doesn't matter because he didn't answer the question the way Christians demand he answer the question. No, he's like, I'm against it from a biblical perspective, but these are human beings. And they're your grandson or there's someone you're related to, someone you love. Do they know where you stand? Yeah, they know. Okay, so you've made that clear. All right. Well, then go. Show love to them. And But you're not allowed to do that as a Christian. Oh, but there's plenty of other situations where you can, I guess, right? See, it really just all depends. You can't attend a same-sex wedding of people who maybe not even claim to be Christian, but you can do so many other things, I guess. Now, if you just take a minute to look to Scripture, if you take just a minute to look to Scripture... Let me give you some examples. And Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 2. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Oh, 
How dare Jesus eat with sinners? Matthew 9, 10 through 11, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Mark chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, while Jesus was having dinner at the Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teacher of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners." These verses highlight Jesus' willingness to associate with sinners, tax collectors, and those who were considered outcasts by society. Jesus demonstrated his love and compassion for all people, regardless of their background or moral standing. He sought to bring them to repentance and offer them redemption through his teaching and ultimately his sacrifice on the cross. These accounts emphasize the inclusive nature of Jesus' ministry and his desire to reach out to those who were considered marginalized or rejected by society. They illustrate his message of forgiveness, grace, and the offer of salvation to all who come to him in faith. Jesus hung out in social settings with people who were sinners. He was considered a friend of sinners. He called us to love even our enemy. And when the Bible speaks of this type of thing, well, we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and the Bible gives us a radically different approach to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, I wrote unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators. Hey, fornicator, someone who's sexually immoral. Hey, hey, don't, don't, don't keep company with them. And you are like, okay, all right, see, that's why I can't go to a same-sex wedding. But wait, yet not all together with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must need you go out of the world. Hey, I'm not talking about the sinners of the world because you'd have to leave the entire world. I'm not talking about them. I, but now I have written unto you, now listen, but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, a covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. With such a one, know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do ye not judge them that are within? The biblical model is, no, if two people claim to be a Christian and they're engaged in it, then you may separate yourself from a Christian, not from the non-Christians. So if you wanted to talk about same-sex wedding and what you should or shouldn't do, if you look at two people and they're getting married, same-sex wedding, they both claim to be believers in Jesus Christ, they both claim to be followers in Jesus Christ, and they're going to be married inside a church by a pastor claiming that God is ordaining and supporting it, well, then I could see where you may like, I have a problem here. But if it's two people who don't claim Christianity in any way, shape, or form, they're not claiming anything about God. They're just getting, they're engaging in a civil union. What you're celebrating is not a union before God. You're celebrating a union before the state. 
Two people are coming together so that the state will recognize their union. It's the state. You're not celebrating anything about God. It's not about celebrating a biblical marriage. You're not. You're celebrating a civil marriage, a civil union. You're not seeing it's a civil union. They're not claiming that it's biblical. It's not, they're not claiming they're doing anything biblical. Well, then what's your issue? The biblical model would be, no, no, no. It's those two people over there who claim to be Christians and they're getting married. Well, wait a minute. Is that a biblical marriage? Mm, I don't know about that. Now, now you could raise a question. But see, no, no, we, 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 we turn our head in some of those situations, Right. But no, no, if someone's gay, if someone's LGBTQ, now we have an issue. Do they claim to be a Christian? I know this is going to come as a shock to people. Why do we expect non-Christians to live like Christians? Why do we demand non-Christians to act like Christians? Why do we demand non-Christians to have a wedding that matches biblical a biblical mandate? Why should it? Why should we expect them to live a life that matches a biblical mandate? Why should we? Ex- They're not Christians. So you know what? I don't know about you, but Do you have any non-Christians in your life that you care about? Any non-Christians that you love, that you care about? I mean, even even if they're your enemy, you're supposed to love them. But I bet you've got non-Christians in your life that you may be friends with, you love, you care about. Maybe they're family members. Why can't you show them that love for them as a family member? You love them as your daughter, your child, your grandson, your friend, whomever they, their parent, whatever they may be. And you show them that love. And then when times are appropriate, you can share your Christian faith, but you share your Christian faith, not by trying to get them to live like a Christian. You share them their Christian faith to let them understand you're a sinner and I'm a sinner and we both deserve the exact same thing. And whether your sin is my sin or whether my sin is your sin, whether it's different sins, we're still sinners and the only hope is salvation in Jesus Christ. And said, but we somehow just want them to act like us, talk like us and look like us, even though they don't have our savior. We don't really care so much about them having salvation. We just want them to act in a way that makes us comfortable. I'm, I'm shocked that Alistair Begg would be kicked off Christian radio when I could go listen to American Family Radio and probably find plenty of programs on American Family Radio going like that. That gets to air, but Alistair Begg is out. Now, I got no problem with American Family Radio saying, hey, Alistair, um, if that podcast episode, that can't be on our radio network. We can never air that. We can't put that on the on-demand section. So because we disagree with it. And hey, if you ever do a program where you're going to affirm that perspective that Christians can attend a same-sex marriage, a same-sex wedding, we, we can't air that. Now, because it's their radio network, they could at least do that. But no, 
because he would not acknowledge that he's in the wrong. And that's how it works on Christian radio. I know because I've been kicked off Christian radio. You got to toe the line. You got to dot, you got to dot the I's and cross the T's the way they tell you to, even if they don't tell you to. Because when I was on Christian radio, I was given literally no guidelines, no rules. They didn't even verify or check my doctrinal statement. Now I had to pay to be on Christian radio. They had no problem taking the money until I said something that ticked them off. And then they kicked me off with no warning, no nothing. I was gone. And I never violated one rule because I was never given a rule. Now, I understand when you're broadcasting on someone else's platform, they're, they're the gatekeeper. They're the gatekeeper. Right? It, I mean, it doesn't matter. Secular gatekeepers, YouTube. They don't like something, they remove it. They've removed plenty of my content, giving me warnings. I've come very close to being completely banned from YouTube. It's their, their platform. What can I do? Now, in many cases, I've not violated one of their rules and they won't even bother to have a negotiation with me or listen to say, look, you're accusing me of breaking a rule. I did not break a rule, but they don't care. But hey, it's their platform. Sermon audio, same way. They have rules. You can broadcast something and they say, sorry, we don't want that on our platform. Their platform, nothing you can do about it. So, American Family Radio, they have the right to do so. It's their platform. They can do so. I think it's the biggest bunch of garbage I've ever heard in my life. The things that they have aired, the complete false information that they have promoted, the complete lies they have promoted. They promoted Sidney Powell, you know, the, the, the attorney who, oh, wait, she pleaded guilty and admitted she had no facts about the things she was saying. Is it Jenna Ellis who came a tearful apology of all the lies she promoted? They promoted these people. Did American Family Radio came and say, we, we, we're sorry we got all of this wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've aired programs that they were doing at that time, claiming that the Dominion voting system and Smartmatic, that they should be sued like Fox News was sued. But hey, 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 that's okay. Because if we do this in defense of Trump, how dare you criticize us? Now, while we defend Trump, who's been married and divorced, I don't know, two times, three times, been found liable for sexual assault and all the things Trump, but hey, hey, that's okay, that's okay. We can support him. But how dare you think that we would support Alistair Begg, who answered a question in a way that we don't agree with. Even though his teaching in his sermon series on the book of Romans clearly condemned same-sex marriage as not being biblical, but that's okay, that's okay. He answered a question in a very nuanced way. Just like I would answer the question and I would be like, well, wait a minute, let me, let me get, like, if you came to me and said, hey, so-and-so is going to be getting married and it's a same-sex wedding, what should I do? I'd be like, well, do they claim to be Christians? Well, no. Okay. Are they getting married in a church? Well, no. Then what's the issue? <laughs> it's, they're, they're having a civil union. Do they know you're a Christian? Yeah. Do they know your beliefs? Yeah. Okay. Then what, are you, are you going to hold out to try to just make a point?
It's the sick who needs the doctor. It's the sinner who needs the gospel. Jesus hung out. And you say, well, he just ate with them. Yeah, eating with them in that culture, that's a big deal. He went against societal norms. Hey, you're not supposed to be eating with those kinds of people. You're not supposed to be hanging out with those kinds of people. You're not supposed to be a friend to those kinds of people. Now, I understand it can be a, each situation is unique. Each situation has its own set of factors of what you should and shouldn't do. But I've seen too much hypocrisy on this when it comes to the church. We, we demand a perfection in marriage for those in the LGBTQ world. They must follow the rule to the letter. And if they don't, be gone with you. You're out. But then we're not so strict when it comes to other issues about marriage and divorce and remarriage. We don't bother to consider, I wonder how many people in our church actually are in a, in a current marriage that may actually be defined as an adulterous relationship, biblically speaking. Because Jesus talks about married and then if that person gets married, then they, they, they become an adulterer, an adulteress. There's, and, and, and I know there's many disputes about how to interpret that, but the, but the bottom line is there's still clearly, obviously, a category where you can enter into a situation where you're actually entering into an adulterous relationship. Well, what, what? No, 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 nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to discuss that. Nobody wants to deal with that. We've all got our, enough of our own sin. We're so quick to point the finger and condemn, so quick to throw rocks, so quick to throw someone off Christian radio. And if you look at the comments under the Christian Post story, it's utterly ridiculous. Just the the attitude and the the words people are saying. Oh, Alistair Begg, he was never a good Bible teacher in the first place. And I knew something was wrong. And I I know, oh, just stop it. Just, Just stop it. It must be nice to live your life thinking you're so morally superior that all you can do is look down on everyone else, condemn everyone else, and tell everyone else how wrong they are. Some of us, all we can do is admit that we're sinners and admit that we are messed up. I may not be committing the same sin people who are LGBTQ is committing, but I got my own. I may not understand their lifestyle or their desire. They may not understand my desires. But I know this, whether straight or gay, we're sinners.
We all need the same gospel. We all need the same salvation. And I understand there are times as a Christian, you have to say, mm, don't know if I can, uh, I don't know if I can do that. And sometimes you got to draw that line in the sand. I understand that. I mean, the first Corinthians passage goes more after your relationship with other people who claim to be Christians. The New Testament seems to say, wait, 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 wait. You can't hang out with those people who claim to be Christians who are doing these things. You're not even supposed to be eating with them. I, I rarely see Christians trying to put that into practice. This is the controversy of the day. Sometimes I sometimes I'm perplexed at the controversy. There have been people on Christian radio who've taught everything from modalism slash Sabalianism, which is not a denial of the Trinity. I've heard all kinds of crazy teaching on Christian radio. But you answer a question that's very nuanced, very layered, like, okay, now, wait a minute. So same-sex marriage, okay, so have you, do they know, they know you're a Christian, do they know you disagree? Okay, all right. I think I got a basic idea. And now you get kicked off Christian radio. You get, that's what gets you kicked off Christian radio. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, You know, you know what has happened? In many ways, Christianity has become nothing more Than a pol- it's nothing more than a political moral system, more so than it is a theological system committed to Christ and his word. The greatest heresy now is to go against politics and to be on the wrong side of the culture war. That's the heresy now. Because there's nothing that Alistair Begg said. Clearly, there's nothing that he has taught. Well, you could accuse him of, hey, you've now violated scripture. He literally taught in Romans against homosexuality. But see, he, he's not following the mandate of the culture war. You can maintain and strong biblical belief and right and wrong. And you can say, this is what the scripture teaches and I'm not going to compromise that. At the very same time, you can show love to your enemy and you can show love to those who aren't Christians. I know that type of nuance It's hard for some people to wrap their mind around, but both can exist. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. God bless.